Welcome once again to the Moss Valley Pod. Thanks for tuning in. On today's pod are the usual bits and pieces you've become accustomed to, including the answers to last Friday's Brain of the Week. All that to come, but today we continue the story we've been tracking over the last week or so from Luke's Gospel. We thought about the sham trial, and now, decisions made, it's time to execute the punishment. I use that word deliberately, for execution is what they wanted from minute one. We pick up the story from Luke, chapter 23, verses 26 to 43, as they lead Jesus out of the trial. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by, watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So this is it, the culmination of everything that the chief priests and the religious leaders had wanted. In a few short hours, all their problems would be behind them. Status quo restored. Oh, and they get a couple of hours to mock. It can't be bad. But the focus has moved away from them. While some are probably getting their own party started back at the temple, others are having a last laugh with the soldiers. The focus moves on to the two criminals. Both have been found guilty of their respective crimes. Both know that they are indeed guilty. They did what they were charged with. 
both have been condemned to die, just like Jesus, yet their attitudes couldn't be much different. Prisoner A, as we shall call him, is only interested in himself. He recognises something of who Jesus is, yet his interest is purely about getting saved from the cross. He wants to be free, to carry on living his life the way he wants. The other prisoner recognises the error of his ways and who Jesus really is. His cry for help is not about being set free from the cross, but being set free by forgiveness. He appeals to Jesus to remember him in his kingdom. It's a cry of sorrow, humility and a recognition of the wrong he has done. Forgiveness is a tricky concept in today's world. We've come to believe that forgiveness is about pretending that what happened didn't and that we can carry on as if nothing has changed. But I'm not sure this approach to forgiveness is healthy. Forgiveness, for me, is about recognising the wrong and choosing to move forward from it. What has happened has happened and nothing can ever change that. Forgiveness, though, opens up a path forward, freeing us and them to move on forwards. It doesn't excuse the wrong decisions and behaviour. It doesn't magically make things all right. It doesn't deny the hurt and pain that has been caused. It doesn't pretend that it's all okay now. Prisoner B understood that. He recognised that he had done wrong and there was nothing he could do to make things right. Yet his desire was for a new beginning, a way to move forward. And in Jesus, he found it. There are many things, I'm sure, that if we look back on our lives, we wish we'd done differently. I'm sure this prisoner did too. Yet in Jesus, he found that way forward. It wouldn't mean he avoided the consequences for his actions. He would still die on that cross. It didn't mean he could avoid taking responsibility. It didn't mean that he hadn't hurt others or that the pain would magically be healed. But it did open a forward-facing door. Perhaps in a very polarising world, true forgiveness is what it's all about. It doesn't condone evil or bad choices. It doesn't free us from the consequences of our decisions and actions. But it does begin to map out a way forward. Let us pray to the Father, who loved the world so much that he sent his only Son to give us life. If you wish to join in with the prayers wherever you are, the response to Lord, hear us is Lord, graciously hear us. Simon from Cyrene was forced to carry the cross of your son. Give us grace to lift heavy loads from those we meet and to stand with those condemned to die. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Your son watched the soldiers gamble to share his clothes Transform the hearts of those who make a profit from their victims and those whose hearts are hardened by their work. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. The thief who was crucified with Jesus was promised a place in your kingdom. 
give pardon and hope, healing and peace to all who look death in the face. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. From the cross, Jesus entrusted Mary his mother and John his disciple to each other's care. Help us also to care for one another and fill our homes with the spirit of your love. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. The centurion was astonished to recognize your glory in the crucified Messiah. Open the minds of those who do not know you to grasp in your son the meaning of life and death. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Joseph of Arimathea came to take your son's body away. Give hope and faith to the dying and bereaved, gentleness to those who minister to them, and courage to those whose faith is secret. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Simon and Joseph, Mary and John, became part of the life of your church in Jerusalem. Bring into your church today a varied company of people to walk with Christ in the way of his passion and to find their salvation in the victory of his cross. Lord of the church, hear our prayer and make us one in heart and mind to serve you with joy forever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Briefly now, a couple of quick community notices for you. Firstly, advance warning that Eckington Library is due to reopen on Friday the 7th of September. I know it's quite a way away as yet, but it's something to look forward to. Also, the churches are open for private prayer this week. St Peter and St Paul's Eckington is open on Tuesdays from 10.15 till 12 o'clock. St John's Ridgeway is open Wednesdays from 4.30 to 6.30. You're more than welcome to come along. We held our first Sunday service in church for several months over the last weekend. We also managed to successfully stream it live on Facebook. It's still there for anyone who wishes to catch up with the service. Head over to Facebook and then search for Eckington Church. I shall also post a link in the episode description. we come to the end of this episode it's time for the answers to brain of the week i commented on friday that this quiz had come from tinternet 
I found it on the EF website. There's a link in the episode description and my thanks to them for this quiz. So here we go with the answers. Question number one. Until 1923, what was the Turkish city of Istanbul called? It was called Constantinople. Number two. What's the national flower of Japan? That would be cherry blossom. Question number three. What country has the most islands in the world? That would be Sweden with over 220,000. Question number four. Which famous graffiti artist comes from Bristol? That would be Banksy. Number five. Norwegian artist Edvard Munch is famous for painting which iconic piece? That would be The Scream. Number six. Who invented the World Wide Web? Tim Berners-Lee. Number seven. What city do the Beatles come from? Liverpool. Apologies for the bag accent. Uh, Number eight. How many keys does a classic piano have? It has 88. Question number nine. Which driver has won the most Formula One World Championships? That's Michael Schumacher. I think he's won seven. And then finally, question number 10. Name Pixar's first feature-length movie. That would be Toy Story from 1995. I hope you did well on these. There will be another chance to be Brain of the Week on Friday's Moss Valley Pod. Many thanks for listening to the Moss Valley Pod, recorded in Eckington, Derbyshire, England. This has been made possible by the good people at Anchor.fm. Sending you all good wishes. Until next time, take care. Be safe. God bless.